Have you ever stepped back and thought about how much huge, incredible amounts of pressure that there is on women to conform to typical beauty standards? Do you ever find yourself falling into the trap of self-loathing, self-criticism, and feeling like you're not good enough? Because like most women, (laughs) you don't necessarily fit really easily into that category, or you're not able to be in that place all the time because you're a real human woman. If so, today's episode is for you. You are listening to the Is It Me or Is It Them podcast, and I'm your host, April Starboyd, and I'm a coach, therapist, and breathwork facilitator, and this podcast is a place where we work at getting untangled from the old patterns of approval-seeking, people-pleasing, hustling to find a feeling of, a, of worthiness outside of ourselves, and instead get better and better at connecting to our own needs, our own wisdom, our own self-confidence, and moving through our lives, our relationships, and our conversations with as much integrity, self-respect, and kindness as possible. So thanks for being here with me. So I just went and saw Aquaman last night, (laughs) Aquaman 2. My partner really wanted to see this movie. So we went to go check it out. And I noticed something interesting that happened for me as I was watching this movie. So there's one scene, maybe you've seen the movie, maybe you've not. There's one scene where Aquaman goes to meet with the king of a different village. And the king is set up on his throne. And of course, he is flanked by beautiful women who are doting on him, right? He is sitting there on his throne alone, except for these three women who are like all over him. And I caught myself for the split second imagining myself as one of those women. (laughs) And here's why that was both a strange and fascinating thought for me to catch, right? It's a quirky little weird moment, but I'm so glad that I have this level of self-awareness of my own thought process that I was able to notice it because what I realized is this is what many of us grew up with. So when I was, this is changing now, but Aquaman is a movie where, yes, there's other women in this movie. Nicole Kidman has a small role. Amber Heard has a small role. There's a few other women in the film, but there's no women that we actually get to know well in Aquaman 2. And what I noticed that this did was it gave me very few options as a female viewer to relate to some of these characters. And so what I found myself doing as a cisgendered woman was attaching myself to some of the few options that were available for me to relate to. And one of the only options there 
was the women who were essentially being human props and status symbols for this chunky, obese seeking. <laughs> and this is what I realized is one of the thousands of experiences, one of the millions of experiences that have pressured women and conditioned women to have this huge amount of emphasis on how we look and buying into this idea that how we look is actually the most valuable and important thing about us. And when I think back to many of the pieces of media, many of the kinds of television shows, many of the kinds of movies that I watched growing up, and I think we still see some of this today, although this is changing, they were either shows like Gem, <laughs> where the cast is all female, and this is clearly intended for a market of young girls, or they were shows where, like the Smurfs, where there's one woman, there is one Smurfette in a crowd of about 50 other Smurfs. It gives us one place to orient to. And it puts us into a place of competition with other women. If there's only one spot on the table, we naturally find ourselves in a position of competing for it. Which I think is one of the reasons why I often hear from women in some, not often, every now and then I'll hear this from women in my sessions where, you know, young women will say to me, I get along better with boys than girls. I get along better with guys than I get along with chicks. Interesting. These are not an accidental place that we arrive on. There is a whole mechanism of so many things in our culture that pits us against each other and even worse, against our own self. And when I think of, I don't know why I'm thinking of movies so much today, but, you know, as I say this, I think of that great monologue by America Ferreira in Barbie, where she talks about how we're supposed to try to be thin, but simultaneously, we're not supposed to say that we're trying to be thin. And this is the place that I think a lot of us are living. I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like I'm not pretty enough. And yet somehow I'm supposed to be so body positive that I don't care, that it doesn't bother me. I think it's really hard to override the conditioning the messaging that we've been living with up to our eyeballs for our entire lives that say our looks matter. And it's not just in our heads. This is not just our imagined surroundings or what we're seeing on TV. We know that this plays out in real life and the research supports it. So for example, I was just reading this article in the Wall Street Journal that said that there is a financial benefit of women being thin. In fact, 
If a woman is 25 pounds less than whatever they consider average, I don't know what the measure was that they used for this, that she actually earns an increase of $16,000 a year, more than her average weight counterpart. The reverse is true for men. <laughs> so what we end up with is this phenomenon, and we all know it, even if we don't consciously identify it, there are social benefits to being as physically appealing by traditional beauty standards as possible. This isn't just something we're making up in our heads. And when I'm talking to my clients and I'm hearing them talk about a change that they're wanting to make in their career a new direction that they're wanting to go with a business. One of the things that I hear come up in various ways and form is I'm not pretty enough to do that. I'm not skinny enough to do that. If I lose weight first, then I'll make this change. If I lose weight, sorry, I'm breathless. I've just come upstairs because my partner came into the room where the living room where I was recording. So I've moved upstairs. Excuse me while I catch my breath for a second. So if, who am I? This is the other way it comes up. Who am I to go and present myself as a coach or a consultant or a leader when it looks like I don't have my life put together because I look overweight compared to the typical beauty standard. These, these are the things that we are wrestling with. This is the territory that we're having to navigate as women. And I was thinking about this the other day because my partner uh, is a guitarist. He's a musician. And he watches a lot of YouTube training videos. And I was noticing how really there's only occasionally a female guitar instructor in the videos that come up. And when there is, she is usually super hot, <laughs> super hot and super sexualized because there's only one spot at the table. And who controls who comes into that table or not? The music industry particularly is a boys club space. When I look at many of the rockers, musicians, artistic performers in our culture, and again, this is starting to change, but the change is new. Traditionally, you see a lot of unattractive men doing really big, powerful things and being considered sex gods and idols and amazing icons, right? As I say this, I'm thinking back to, I'm thinking of my partner's music videos. So like when we look at like the lead singers of traditional male bands, not always good looking. The women almost always wildly, exceptionally superhuman good looking. Why is this? 
when this is such a tiny little sliver of the female population. The only people that seem to be able to walk through that door are the anomalies, or the people who have invested thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to make themselves look like how we're told we're supposed to look. And there's no judgment to that, right? As somebody who wears high heels and lipstick, I have no judgment for the people who get boob jobs and nose jobs, right? Like modification is modification. (laughs) So, you know, no shade on the women that are going to different lengths to change who they are. This is the pressure that we're all dealing with. So my hope in all of this is we can't necessarily control what's happening around us, but if we can recognize what's happening, if we can say, this is the game and I see that it's rigged against me, then it at least allows us to recognize that I'm not just crazy for thinking the things that I'm thinking. I'm not just losing it because I'm being so hard on myself. Instead, it's more like, ooh, I notice myself being really critical because maybe I've been consuming too much outside content. Maybe I've been following people on Instagram or TikTok that make me feel like crap about myself, right? This is about starting to change and notice where we can, where we are participating in our own self-attack. And what would it look like if we started to define for ourselves what beautiful is, what sexy is, what confidence is? Because for me, that is wider than just what I look like. And and I learned this. Somehow I figured this out actually in high school because I'm a short girl. I'm like five foot tall. And I realized in high school, as a lot of my friends were like quite tall, super skinny, that they were getting a lot of attention. And I had never really encountered that as dramatically as in that moment of like, huh, I don't look like them. And so I'm having a really different experience than they are. Wow, they are like put on this pedestal. They are being so revered and chased after for being tall and super skinny. And which was, you know, particularly the look of that time, right? In the era of Calvin Klein jeans and all of that the first time around. And then what I had to stop and realize was, The people who are attracted to short girls like us a lot. (laughs) And it was such a different shift for me to then move into this place of feeling like I need to be something that I'm not and I'm never going to be able to be versus what is it that I have to offer instead? What is it that I'm actually about? And I kind of broadened that list. 
so that it wasn't just about my physical appearance. Because at the end of the day, that's pretty boring. That, and this is kind of what I found with some of the people that I was hanging out with, gorgeous and really boring. (laughs) Those were not always the girls who I was loving conversations with. Those were not always the girls that I was really connecting with. Some of them were, but notice that beauty alone is not necessarily enough to create actual great connections. Now, there are some people out there, you've probably seen them on dating apps. If you've been on dating apps, you've maybe encountered them in your workplace or wherever that is, where I think there are partners who, or men, who truly just want the trophy wife. They want the nice house, they want the nice car, and they want the gorgeous, gorgeous wife. And for some of them, there might be all kinds of deep richness and beauty and intimacy within all of that. And they're just saying, here's what I like and that's fine. But what I have seen is that for some of them, they don't care who this person is. They're not really interested in what her personality is, what her needs are, what her thoughts are her inner landscape as an individual human person, they're like, you essentially are one of my pets. You essentially are one of my assets. So for me, broadening the scope of, I don't just want to try to be a pretty face, has some benefits to it, don't you think? And what other parts of yourself are you diminishing, minimizing, rejecting? Because you're getting overly focused on what size your jeans are. You are so much more than just what you look like. And so if we start to widen the scope, and it can be great to kind of start to look at other examples of women who you think are sexy and vibrant and interesting and charismatic, right? In whatever that way that is for you, start to just look at the people around you who you really enjoy. It might be that they're pretty. It might be that they're actually showing up with a lot of confidence, a lot of fun, a lot of consideration, a lot of intelligence, start to just notice and widen the scope. And what would it feel like for you if you were able to define for yourself the life you want to live? So yes, there are benefits to potentially getting 10 pounds off right? That eternal 10 pounds that (laughs) so many of us are chasing. But I think we have to broaden the scope to ask ourselves, what kind of life are you wanting to live? Because I love being fit and being healthy and being active in my body. But for me personally, I made peace a long time ago with the fact that I'm never actually going to have a six pack 
because I actually like to do things like eat birthday cake and pasta. And in my body, I, I'm, that means I'm never going to get down to like that low percent of body weight where I have a six pack. So notice and start to check in on what do you actually want? Because for me, the abs wasn't worth it. My health, absolutely worth it, right? And what if we changed the focus from what looks good to what feels good? To what feels good? What would this look like for you? And here's the thing about confidence. We all know how absolutely magnetizing confidence is. I have like met people that on the first meeting, I didn't think they were very beautiful. As I got to know them, I realized they changed in my mind to being so pretty. I remember introducing a friend of mine to my sister one time and being like, oh, I'm going to introduce you to my friend so-and-so. She is so beautiful because that's how I saw her in my mind. And my sister, after meeting her, was like, that's a super pretty one? And I was like, yeah, that's a super pretty one. My sister's like, huh, I don't really see it. (laughs) So notice that really the full landscape of who you are is not just what you look like. It's also the energy that you're bringing into the room with you. It's the life that you're designing around yourself. And is there anything prettier than a woman who is happy and well? I think that's actually like an Audrey Hepburn quote. She says that the prettiest girls are the happy girls. And I think that is so very true. So what would this look like if you allowed yourself to step a little bit out of this pressure to be pretty and look good and expand that a little bit wider to be like, I really want to feel good. I really want to enjoy more. I really want to value the full kaleidoscope of who I am, not just my external shell. So let me know what comes up for you as you're listening to this. I'm happy to hear your thoughts. And you've maybe heard me say before, the Bold as Love Collective is starting in January. And this is a gathering of women that we go deep. We go deep into untangling from self-criticism, from self-doubt, from patterns of people-pleasing, hiding, tolerating things that we should not be tolerating, and starting to raise the standards of how we move through our lives and how we treat ourselves and the kind of relationships that we want to have. So send me a message and I'll let you know all the details of that and I'll see you next time.